Right, I. Week, what week are we up to? Is this week four? Four. Let's go with four. Week four. It was the end of week three, anyway. Um, obviously, welcome. Second again, pod is going. Thank you very much for anyone that's following us as well. Like, honestly, overwhelmed with how well everything's going at the moment in terms of our following. Um, it's not really something that can get anywhere without people following us and sharing to their mates. So massive, massive shout out to you guys and appreciate it very much. Hopefully this is just the beginning of a, a massive thing. Um, obviously joined by Jackson, pretty tough day in essence down in Melbourne for the weekend. Sydney, there were opportunities to sort of find a few winners, but um, yeah, like tough day. Jackson, how, how are you going, mate? I'm going good, mate. It was a, it, like Flemington was a strange one. Like I couldn't, I couldn't work it out. I thought, some of the jockeys would be kicking themselves, you know, especially in the new market, which I'm sure we'll touch on. But yeah, just thought it was a strange day. We we did manage to find a couple um, in Sydney and Melbourne, but um, yeah, I think I think if you found more than say three or four winners over the weekend, you've you've had a pretty monstrous day. For sure, I think in Sydney that there was a bit of a the storyline would seem to be that a lot of horses should have won as well. Like um, we'll touch on them obviously later, but Ellsberg, Rule of Law, some. Probably intriguing rides and steers there. Um, obviously, Espiona and Fangirl, there's a bit of a question mark over them at the moment. Wet tracks are obviously a massive factor, and we'll get into that later. Flemington, we saw two Group 1s. We got a $151 winner and a $7 winner. Did you find either of them? Absolutely not, mate. It's, it's, it's a bit like that. The $151 pop was in the new market. That's the longest-priced winner in new market history. And prior to that, it was $66. So they've three <laughs> X'd it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know anyone that found it. I don't know anyone that could have tipped it. So tough. But um, yeah, the Australian Cup, we did have some glory, didn't we? Mate, fucking what a beauty this one. Dewis. Rewind back to Thursday, Friday night, mate. Um, massive push from yourself. Um, the horses run super. Just just for anyone's reference, the horse has gone best of the day. It's gone four and a half lengths above benchmark. So super effort from yourself to find this, mate. Obviously, the price was there as well, 850 Outstanding from yourself, mate. Um, you know, can't give you any more of a wrap. Talk to me about how you found the horse. What was your process? Love to hear that. But more importantly, mate, how did you sit back and collect your winnings on Saturday? Well, let's, let's break it down into two sections. So there's two sections to that question. The first section of the question is how did I find it? Well, she was a fantastic run behind Very Elegant in the Chipping Norton. She didn't get out to the last 200 and she, she savaged the line. She was a better run than Think It Over, even though I thought he was a really good run too. I think I said that the two horses that can win this race were Duas and Think It Over and they run top two clearly. So... Fantastic. Going to pat myself on the back massively for that. The second part and the more crook part, I, I had my first trial game on the weekend. Um, so I placed obviously all my bets in the morning for everything up until about four o'clock. So the Australian Cup was at 4.20. So I thought, you know, we'll finish our game at quarter to four. I'll have 20 minutes to sort of place a bet or whatever on due. And I thought, because... She's the sort of horse that the punters don't love. So I thought, you know, she might get out the tens. I might be a chance of, you know, having my 30, 40 bucks at tens and having a good collect. And anyway, we uh, we got thumped on the weekend. Well, not thumped, but it wasn't good. It wasn't pretty at all. Um, anyway, we're going back into the sheds and I've gone to sort of grab my phone out of my bag um, just to quickly put, put a bet on. And um, just as I've sort of grabbed my phone out, 
I hear a, um, you blokes, come sit on the ground. And I've literally got phone like in hand and I'm thinking like, ready to lay it. This is a moment. Like it's on. I've got to pick like, what do I want to be in this world? Like (laughs) where am I at? So I'm holding this phone. I'm telling you, it was the longest six seconds of my life. I've made the call. This will go for four or five minutes. It'll be all right. I'll be able to put the, I'll be able to put the bet on. Phone back in the pocket. I'm sitting there and I've, I've completely forgotten about the races now. I'm literally just zeroed in on this chat because it was obviously really serious. I get up after our ch- chat and um, it's 4.26, I think it was. So I've missed the race. I've walked outside to go and do my pool session. My old man's come up to me and goes, did you see it? Did you pack it? (laughs) (laughs) I'm literally just head has gone straight in the hands. Haven't had a cent and it's paid eight bucks. It was probably my best bet down there. I was pretty confident in Mass Crusader. Jacko, it was crook, mate. Genuine sickness. And I know we had a chat about this the other day, but... I've been there too, mate. I honestly feel like it's worse than actually laying the bet and coming second or last. I actually think it's worse than that. Knowing you would have backed it and just seeing it come over the line at any old price is potentially the worst feeling in this game. So, mate, I feel you down in the dumps, but we'll come back next week. Don't you worry. For sure, for sure. The lesson to learn is probably you've just got to commit and put all your bets on in the morning, I guess. So, anyway, it's okay. She was fantastic. I'm looking forward to seeing where she goes next. I, I think she'll, she'll go very good in a tankard and go well in a Queen Elizabeth. Um, well, let's go through the Fleming to card now that we're there anyway. So let's start in race two. We won't stay on this race for too long, but there's, a, there's an emerging star that's coming out of this race, isn't there? Yeah, flying mascot's a beauty. Um, it's gone two lengths above benchmark, which is you know pretty much on par with where it was trending. So it hasn't even had to elevate to take care of this lot. Obviously, it was nice and rock solid in the market. Um, always going to be very hard to beat. Got an absolute peach of a steer up front as well, um, but was just much too good. This horse could be, um, you know, trending towards some very serious black type racing. Blake McDougall, just want to touch on him really quickly as well. This guy's a really, really good jockey. Um, a lot of good stables have sort of found him. He's, he was up in Sydney. He was racing at Newcastle's, your Gosfords. Couldn't get a run in the city. Decided to make the move down there and blokes like Peter Moody and Tom Davening have just absolutely snatched him up and he's a seriously good jockey. So one to watch. I reckon he's you, you, you're going to get a, always a good run for your money when he's on board your horse. Um, the next race was we'll, we'll touch on as well. Um, it, it was the, the Phillies race with Gimme Parr and General Bow. Zarastro was just off the map. And it was pretty rare you see horses get back the way they do and then actually peak on their run and run out of a race and seriously look flat. It looked really flat for a Waller horse. But glistening wins. How'd you go in that race? Oh, to be honest, I didn't step in here. I just thought that there was not much, um, you know, quality here and, and nothing that really stood out off the page. I know they did back that Waller thing, but um, they've got nowhere near benchmark in this race. So I was happy to just sort of sit back and move on. For sure, for sure. Uh, race five was the CUNY. Um, this horse, Barbara, like it's come out and paid nine bucks in the end. She's as consistent as they come for girls. Like really, Craig Williams gives it a ripping steer. She runs the same race every single time. She peels out the 200, has her little 150 meter burst and just tries to hang on. Um, Argentia, I thought had a flat spot. She's run second. She's not miles above the rest of these horses like everyone's saying she is. She's definitely not that much of a class above, but 
she looked like she was going to win at the 300 and then she looked gone at the 100 and then she nearly won again at the 50. Uh, what'd you make of the race? Yeah, this race was a bit of a soft point, to be honest, and a couple of reasons. So we both made a push for a couple of horses at decent prices. So the first one was Arctica, pulled up 30, 30 lengths last with a, a regular heartbeat. So there's the first one. <laughs> All thing uh, yearning actually bled from the nostril as well. So uh, that's the game, isn't it? You, you you find a couple of nice ones at, at some decent prices, and uh, they're the only two in the race with a with a genuine issue. So, figures wise, um, it was a pretty slow race. They went about ten lengths slower than benchmark up to the eight hundred, so there was no early speed in this race at all, and that was a massive advantage, obviously, to Barb Raider. Craig Williams just sat outside the lead and just gave it an absolute peach. Um, the horse fell, literally fell in over the line. Argentia was obviously coming late. They've both run over benchmarks, so you can take this uh, race forward with a little bit of confidence. I've got a question for you with Argentia, though. You mentioned the, the flat spot he starts to get in, into these races. Is he starting to turn into sort of a forgot-you type of horse or a Moanga where you've got to start smashing him from the 700? Or can you still sort of cuddle him up to the – or her to the 3-400 and just sort of press the button? It's hard because she's so dynamic, so she's got that – really quick sprint she's obviously like a serious serious racehorse and got some talent but might not be wrong i don't know if she gets more than 1600 though which is the thing like you can't really have a flat spot in a mile race unfortunately like you look at forgot you as an example like he has a flat a flat spot in his races but then when he gets out to further it doesn't matter as much so he gets to 2000 and, and these type of distances the flat spot doesn't really affect him as much but if she's getting flat spots and she's a miler, it's a, a bit of a worry, at least until next campaign. So, look, we said we wanted to see her come out and do it. And uh, it's not a cross, but it's not a tick. So she should be winning that race, in my opinion, if she's what they think they are. I just want to touch on one thing that you spoke about before. So we spoke about our two horses, but just in general, vet vets after the race. So talking about, you know, pulling up with a regular heartbeat, pulling up with a, with a, a nosebleed or, or a bleed. How, how important for punters is it to go back after the races and actually have a look at those vet reports? Like, Oh, it's huge. It's huge because it's a genuine excuse. Anytime you see the letters EIPH after a runner and will come up in the stewards report, it means that it's bled from the nose. So it's uh, exercise-induced pulmonary hemorrhage, if anyone wants the scientific um, explanation there. But Anytime you see that next to a horse, it means it's popped a blood vessel essentially and that's the end of its race. So it's a complete excuse. Um, don't hold either of those horses to those runs there. Might see both of them go out to a spell. Um, but yeah, definitely check your stewards reports after if you think there's something there. Race six, we have the new market. Um, we spoke about it being one of our favourite races. Obviously, handicap up the straight, 20,000 horses in one race. Um, <laughs> I like Mask Crusader. You like Mask Crusader. I'm not deterred by the run. I still thought he ran okay. Um, for those that know, the race was run in a group of 13 on the far side and a group of five on the flat side. And the top three have all come from the flat side. So I don't know if this is jockeys fucking it up. Um, I don't know if it's just the, the way that the tempos were that were different. People are coming out and saying that it was a four lengths improved side. I don't know about shit like that. I, sometimes I think when there's two races being run, that things just go pear-shaped. Um, Rockin' Horse, 126 on the fixed. Astrologist, 15 bucks the place. And September run, our old mate, at 7 bucks the place. Levante, mind you, was fucking long too. So 
it's this is why it's called fucking horse racing, not winning, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's just the game, isn't it? It's such a double-edged sword. You you think you find something like the the fruit was there for Mass Crusade if it was twelve dollars the win or whatever the fuck they threw up and three fifty the place. You just think that fruit is there and you can just go and grab it and then something like this happens. But I look back, I look at this race and obviously everything is with the benefit of hindsight. And I will throw the disclaimer that we're talking about some top class jockeys here that are at the top of their game. But boys, like, did we walk the fucking track or, or what happened? <laughs> boys, did, did anyone go out and have a wander of the track? To me, to me, when I go out and watch it, I go, okay, J-Mac's gone to the middle of the track. Let's go and follow J-Mac. Everyone's got, oh, look at J-Mac. Let's go follow him and fo- follow his ass. Like, come on, boys. Like, I don't know how far inferior that ground was, but I can tell you that those horses on the inside or towards the inside part of the track were definitely advantaged. Um, the astrologers should be nowhere near replacing in a, in a new market handicap. I don't know enough about the New Zealand horses, um, so I don't want to make a comment there, but I, I can tell you the astrologers and September run should be nowhere near it. In saying that, horses like Mars Crusader, Home Affairs, Lost and Running, um, probably, probably more so for Lost and Running and Home Affairs, were very disappointing. You know, Levante's um, led all those up on that side and, and nobody managed to get past it. So I don't know where those horses are going to get to. Maybe they just didn't enjoy the straight. I know they've all been up the straight before, but maybe it's just not their go at a, at a high pressure group one. So let's see what happens with those horses going forward. But the one that I think you're going to touch on as well, our mate Artorius. Fuck. Jeez. It, was a, it was a very interesting ride. I'm done with this horse. And it's not even about the actual horse. I wanted to give him a... I didn't say that I was wrapped with him. I didn't say that he'll win the race, but I, I wanted to be on him if he won. That's what I wanted to be. It's not about the horse. It's actually just about everything that fucking surrounds this horse is just wrong. Like, Craig it has had 51 kilos. You decide to jump. Not only do you miss the start by two lengths, <laughs> you then dart. 40 metres across just so you can follow home affairs. Like, you're kidding, aren't you? He, he's, he, he's definitely riding to instructions, I'll say that. I, I know that for sure that would have been a, a plan coming out of that camp. But just imagine watching that replay and you've, gone, you've pretty much gone sideways for 200 metres and you've run another half a race and then it still finishes off in that manner. Fuck, you'd be spewing. But can you imagine, right, imagine, put yourself in these shoes, right? So you're running in a marathon and you're a human being. And what you do is you decide that at the beginning of the marathon, not even a marathon, let's say, let's say a 300-meter race. At the, at the beginning, I'm jumping from gate 18 and I'm going to try and get across to gate three. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to wait until everyone runs. I'm going to wait. I'm just going to stand here for two seconds. And then I'm going to fucking crab walk 40 meters across. It's dark. It is daft. Yeah. Oh. I mean, not much more needs to be said about that. I'm just going to try and forget about this race. The winning figure was 2.7, I think, which is one of the worst performances for, for a new market. So I'm just going to leave it there. Try and forget about this one. Scratch it from the memory. Just chalk it up to that's the game. Shayu was well backed. <laughs> 17s into favourite on the day, $4, and has run next to nowhere near the top four. Um I don't know what happened there, punters, but this horse that you gave a, a massive push to from, from over the West, you love the West. Jeez, you love the West. Love the um, Westies. Kiss on, kiss on all four cheeks. Um, Mark Zara, peach ride, one easy, head on its chest. Any opinion? 
Wow. Second best of the day, 3.3 above benchmark. Um, awesome performance. I think Ana Visto, any of these other mares around this distant range, look out, look out. Um, I wonder where it's going to get to. Um, he's still trending to go upwards, this mare. So, um, yeah, definite massive signs. There's there's not much else below it to sort of follow. Um, you know, Shayu really only goes well first up. So I'm not sure whether that horse can elevate. Obviously got a, got a long way back and sort of had to weave between runners, but hasn't hasn't finished above benchmark. So there's not much um, hope for that going forward for any sort of big black type races. But wow, take take nothing away from the winner. Um, obviously exceptional ride from Zara, but this horse is going places for sure. And I think the other one we gave a little push to was more Varda at tens. And um, we we said looked like a nice race for it as a good racing pattern and ended up running third at two eighty as well. So which is fantastic. The last one we're going to touch on, I know we've spent a lot of time on Flemington, but I think it's important because it's such a massive meeting. Um, Cardigan Queen is... Oh, it's as hard a luck story as you'll get. Um, is, does silence say enough? Yeah, I mean, it, it simply should have won. Best last 200 of the day, which is if, if you watch the race, you didn't even have to look at the figures. You just knew that it was absolutely flying. What's worse as well is that they've pretty much gapped the rest of the field and there was a breakaway leader that had to be run down. So this horse really looked like it won the race and lost the photo. So I'll pretty much leave that there. Got an interesting stat for you as well. 33rd, slow, sorry, 33rd fastest last 400 of the day and then quickest last 200. So that tells you how, how much bad luck that horse had. Um, back her wherever she goes. We go over to Rose Hill. Um, it was a real weird sort of day. We did speak about treading reasonably careful. We didn't know what the track would do. I don't think the fucking jockeys knew what was going on out there either. They got to race 10. They actually got 10 races to figure it out, and I don't think they figured it out at any point. So um, we'll whip through these nice and quickly. We'll start with Magic. Um, Pikey, look, oh, it wasn't a horrible ride. Absolutely nothing to do with the ride. The horse may just have not... Not gone second up. Um, we did speak about these two-year-olds. They can be tough to sort of get going in preparations because they have one good run and one bad run. Like I remember Esther Jarb who won the slipper a couple of years ago. She came out and she was the horse to, to win it. Then she ran fucking fourth or fifth in her next race. And then she ended up jumping 21s in the slipper and winning it. So you just got to be so careful with these young horses. But what do you think of Magic? What do you make of it? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. It's it's such a such a dangerous game to be stepping in with confidence with these two roles. And um, I managed to, to dive head first into this one, so uh, pretty much tells you all you need to know there. But I still think it should have not maybe not won, but gone very close to winning um, around the two fifty or three hundred. If you watch the replay, um, he looked like he was going to click up and start to really blend into the race. And then I think he either laid in or the horse inside him laid out onto him and just completely stopped his momentum and then he had to pick himself up and, and uh, come again. But I still think you can follow him going forward. He's probably looking for 1400 or a mile down the track somewhere. So um, I'd be keen to follow him and see where he goes. But um, I know we're going to touch on maybe another two-year-old race later on, Ned, but where are the two-year-olds this, this year? I, I haven't seen him like outside of cool and Gatter, um, Obviously she's been impressive. I haven't seen anything jumping off the page to say, you know, I'm, I'm a real chance in the slipper. Or I'm a dominant two-year-old. It just seems like a lot of mediocrity for me. I don't know how you, you're seeing it. Yeah, well, Cool and Gadda's 450 for the race this weekend. Um, and then Sir Jardin's six bucks. And I, she's, she's been okay. It's, he's been okay, Sir Jardin, but I, I wouldn't say he's looked like a slipper winner. So I don't know. 
at the moment, there's probably only one horse I can back. She's extreme was good in race two, um, had the blows as well. So maybe there's one, but yeah, I, I think that's only an each way bet. I, I'm very wary about this crop of two-year-olds and not, there's nothing special coming out of here at all. Um, the Ajax, race four, um, we really liked one here. It was an interesting one. I thought it'd start shorter than its original quote, which was around that $1.92 mark. And when I woke up in the morning, it actually had drifted to 210 and then it's jumped to $1.90. So probably clearly around where it should have been. Um, gets rolled, just folk, Jason Collett, the best rails running jockey in the country. And we've given him about maybe nine lengths worth of rail to work with. So yeah, I'm flat. I threw the kitchen sink at this thing. Yeah, I was pretty flat as well, especially just coming off the back of Magic. Um, two really disappointing results. This horse, I really do think, should have won. Magic could have gone either way, but this horse definitely um, should have won this race. As you said, just completely opened up the inside and, and just folk, uh, Jason Collett, he's just been too good lately. He just can't, I can't catch the bloke. I'm not sure if you have, but I can't catch the prick. And he just, um, I don't know, something about these wet tracks, he just seems to find the best part of it for his horses. So, um, you know, excellent ride from him. TC, be kicking himself. You've pretty much opened yourself up and let something come up inside you. Um, you were doing all the work up near the pace as well. Um, and a horse that's behind you doing no work at all was fresh and, and pretty much level with you at the 400. So always going to be a recipe for disaster. Enough said. Um, race five, the McCartan. So we had rule of law pretty firmly on top. We gave a little bit of a... We, we, we sort of spoke about Shelby 66 and if it did back up, obviously that super run next to Eduardo and beating nature strip. So had 53 kilos, goes super in the wet. It's five starts for now, three and three in the wet. Sorry, six starts for now, three wins and three placings in the wet. So it wasn't really that fucking tough, but rule of law is just going so well. Um, Tommy Berry steers home Shelby 66 in a similar fashion to he did last week. Yeah, you know what? Shelby, the old bastard, has gone best of the day, 1.9 above benchmark. So I couldn't believe it when I saw the figures. Um, for a horse to produce that, you know, four weeks after four-week backup is, is pretty insane. Um, so, you know, best of the day, um, really good ride again. Um, Danny Williams obviously put the waterworks on. I think it was only a benchmark 80 or something on the weekend. He was happy to throw the waterworks on. But It was a group three. It was a yeah. group three. <laughs> let, let's call it a, a, a you know a, a glorified 90 let's go with that but um good good on the trainer he's done well the horse is backed up it's it's almost an iron man type horse um figures are there clock's good um just another another race where they got well off the fence and they've just come up the inside so you know much is the case with a lot of these races i'm not going to be taking much of this going forward uh next race was the far lap um fangirl ran around at dollar four $50.65 odds. Um, but Mr. Mozart gets home at 10. So is a horse I actually have a fair opinion of. Um, last preparation, I had a really nice opinion of this horse running around in races with Forgot You and stuff. So no surprise to see it do well. But I was a bit surprised to see Fangirl not live up to or at least at least be near the finish. Um, I know you very bravely, and I do quote this, she won't be winning this. So hats off to you, Um for obviously taking on dollar sixty shot the way that you did was super. Um, it's just wet tracks at the moment, isn't it? That's that's the big that's the cross. Yeah, definitely. I think the wheels were spinning. Um, you could definitely say that over the last sort of two to three hundred. Um, just couldn't really pick up and and have that sprint that we normally see from her. So 
wouldn't drop off her. I just think anytime you see $1.60, $1.70 on a heavy deck like this, um, it's always calls to, for concern and, and you know, there's, there might be an avenue to take in on. So um, still, still run okay. Definitely don't jump off. The winner was good. Great ride from Pike. He looked like he was happy to sort of sit outside the leader, um, the Waterhouse thing, um, but actually took it on, which was in the end, the race winning move because they were going very slow up to the sort of eight to 600. They were going, uh, what's that? Four lengths below benchmark. So there was no pace at all. That's well within the horse's ability um, and was able to get there in the end and, and, you know, just well summed up from Pike. And another little shout out to you as well. You've tipped never been kiss each way. So, and it's run 340 the place. So that's fantastic. If you have a $3.40 winner, you're stoked. So make sure you get around yourself with the 340 the place as well. Uh, race seven was the sky high. It was a set weights group three. Um, we saw Stockman win. Um, just loves the wet. It's as simple as that. He's coming out of probably better races than a lot of these horses. I thought Mount Popper was really, really good as well. Um, I don't want to be following any of these horses. I don't know where they go from here. That You know what they look like? They look like January Cup horses or Parramatta Cup horses. So I was happy enough to find the winner, but yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you summed it up beautifully in the preview. Um, obviously, finding the winner with Stockman, five dollars fifty. Happy days, um, awesome pickup. But you touched on it, you know, really well in the in the preview, saying these are probably Newcastle, uh, even Grafton horses that have found themselves on a you know black type race on a, on a Saturday. So these type of horses, they just take turns. Um, you know, it's almost spin the wheel. But Mate, excellent find. Stockman uh, is actually fourth best of the day, uh, 0.8 above benchmark, which is nice enough. Whether he can repeat that remains to be seen. He'll probably need another wet track again. Uh, Mount Popper was good enough. You can probably follow it going forward. But yeah, a lot of these horses will just sort of take turns going forward. And the last race we're going to probably cover in Sydney, or well, last main race we're going to break down, um, this horse just continues to run and continues to run well. Its record is just, glaring really and it, it probably speaks volumes about this this training duo i reckon kieran Mar and david eustace they just they seem to know when their horses are right to run and when they're not right to run and the fact that they've run this horse what four or five times in the last probably two months says that this horse is a flying and b in good nick and comes out and wins a group group one coolmore classic yes Spot on, spot on. Uh, I'll, I'll put my hand up and say that I was a detractor of this horse. I just think it just had way too many runs, but this will be the last time that I take on the Mar and Eustace camp. I've, I've been giving them a wrap all week and I've managed to take them on. So um, yeah, just just decisions I won't be making again. But horse has gone second best performance of the day, 1.4 above benchmark. Similar case to Shelby. They're, they're, they're backing up week after week, month after month. Um, and I think it was the best asset on the day, having really fit horses on that tough going because it was obviously sticky and muddy at, at, at Rose Hill. So to have a fit and informed horse um, was the best possible asset you could have. So uh, well done to the camp. They've prepared it beautifully. Um, too good. Second best on the day. Not much underneath, um, especially on heavy decks. So expat looked like he was home, but just sort of fell in a hole. Uh, promise of success was okay again. Maybe something easier for him. You might be able to get involved. But um, yeah, Lighthouse, I reckon they'll tip him out for a spell and, and see if they can aim higher next prep. Sure. There's one that I'm guessing a lot of followers are probably going to want to hear about. And that's that's this Waller horse. So Espiona, um, 50 kilos in not the deepest group one race you'll see. Um, obviously, it's mare's grade. So it's never going to be that deep. But you got 50 kilos... You draw a really good gate. 
Are we expected? Are we are we allowed to want more from her at three dollars? Are we are we allowed that, or are we have we again like fangirl and we just got to wait for dry tracks? I think it's a bit of both. You got to find somewhere in between. Obviously, everybody wanted to see more. Um, I was most disappointed with where the horse was positioned in the run. Like you said, it's it's drawn three. So if it wanted to, um, they could have been a bit more positive and stoked it up and had it not you know not anywhere near the lead, but just had it midfield somewhere to give it its chance. But yeah, look, it just doesn't go a yard in a heavy track. Um, I thought it was going to be okay with the light weight, but um, you know, obviously Lighthouse was too good in the end. Wait for a dry track with this horse. I'm definitely not hopping off. She will win a big race. Uh, Taksu, obviously fantastic in the next, but this is something exciting, really exciting. Um, Jackson, you, you've, you found one here. You found an $11 winner for us in the last. Um, you've tipped it each way. It's paid 11s and 3.20. Mate, fantastic effort. Tommy Berry has had one of the great weeks of riding, mind you, as well, both in Canberra and in Sydney. He's had a serious, serious week on the saddle. But more importantly, mate, Russo. Well done. Russo, massive price in the end. I think we may we may have tipped it on the Friday at nines, but it blew out to 11s or something ridiculous. Um, excellent rider, Abdullah, as he said. Um, uh, sorry, Tommy Berry. Um, just, just went super. Um, can't complain at all with 11 bucks, can you? You just play each way and, and just sit back and count your cash. Uh, Avion Fury was flashing at a late, so there was definitely a few heart attacks, but, um, you know, got there in the end. Really happy with that. Times weren't great, but, you know, there was not much depth in this race anyway. Um, but, yeah, what, what a way to finish the weekend. Almost like salvation. So good, mate. So, so good. Um, I think we both agree. Horse to follow out of this meeting, and it's not anything out of the ordinary, but this is flying mascot. Um, I don't know where she goes, uh, where he goes, sorry, but oh, I'm excited about this horse. I think got some serious ability. Um, did you have any horses to follow out of the weekend? Yeah, Cardigan Queen, obviously, we, we, we touched on that. That was in the last at Flemington, was just an, an absolute moral beaten, and I'm quite happy to say the word moral. Um, really should have won. The other one is So You See, which came out of the Barb Raider race and Argentia race. Um, I thought that was excellent. Um, ran tight between runners. Uh, that horse will continue to progress. So um, we'll see where it gets. Fantastic. We've got the slipper this weekend, which is obviously really exciting. Um, albeit probably more like a benchmark 20, um, but that's okay. We're going to unpack that. We'll get this video up um, and make sure that you guys continue to follow us. We're only getting started here at second again. So Jacko, been a pleasure, mate. Thanks, mate. Big weekend coming up. For sure.